It is the Matt Mosley Show. Nikki Collin with her appearance on the program. And uh, Nikki, I it's um, I mean, the, obviously, I'm not even going to really spend much time cause since we've last talked. Obviously, the uh, the Kansas game kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. I, I think there was something that happened at the, in, you know, end of the first half that seemed to carry over to the third quarter, whatever. I mean, I thought y'all came out and and really in a blizzard, weird deal where you had to be there for a long time, all that. You know, played, honestly, at times really, really well against Iowa State. I I got to start here, though, that I because I, I just went back and watched it again. Because I'm like, I just have to see this again. First of all, and I don't want to, you know, get anybody in trouble, but like 412 left in that game. Like, have you looked at that thing several times? Like, the, the one they fouled Asia Blackwell out was just like the biggest head scratcher to me. What, what am I missing? Did they, were they trying to say, I mean, like, to me, that was just like either they got the wrong player, the wrong, it was like a simple block out, like a nothing. There was like nothing going on. And they made a call. So am, am I am I right yeah, to so – yeah. I guess being my most politically correct, um, okay. I think everybody has off nights. And <laughs> I, I, I think it was a really awesome crew. I mean, I, I really – Roy yeah. and Gina and Mai um, are three of our better officials nationwide. Um, I can tell you we sent in the maximum number of calls. Um, you know, we're allowed to send video into the league office um, and they'll evaluate them. And if they agree with us, get with the officials. And, and I can tell you, we sent the max number in um, because I think okay. you have to have the ability um, to guard someone that's bigger than you. And I think um, how the game was called did not allow us um, a real opportunity um, to guard um, in the post. And, uh, you know, kind of the responses from those um, uh, legitimized our concern. So I will say that. I, I do mm-hmm. think they are really, really good officials. Um, I don't think um, that kid is an easy kid to officiate. I, I, yeah. I feel like probably some, um, you can say the same about Ioka Lee and some of the Shaquille O'Neal's of, of our game over time in terms of what is allowed, what isn't. Do you lay on them? Do you drape on them? Do people let too much happen in the paint? All of that. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I thought as much as um, I'm not a big believer in, in blaming officials for wins and losses. I think we, we uh, you know, we had leads and had bad turnovers. Um, we didn't move the ball. I mean, you know, I've, I've, known, I've known Bill since I was 15 years old when he started recruiting me. And one thing about Bill is, is he's going to play the numbers and he's going to let people shoot. Um, that um, he thinks he should allow to shoot and he's going to take people away. And I think we, we uh, took shots too quickly, um, which is always going to come back to me, getting them to understand um, that sometimes there's a reason you're open and it doesn't mean that you're not a good player, but finding ways to turn a good shot to create a shot for a teammate. Um, you know, we did not attack crooks well enough i mean we we didn't we didn't attack her off the bounce um we didn't do enough to make her um play at the defensive end um to make her more ineffective either at the offensive end because she's in foul Mm -hmm. trouble or because we're just making her work and so 
you know, it's, it's, it's one of those frustrating things. And I, and I can say this honestly, in the midst of, you know, our, our bigger conference and all the great things about having 16 teams in the future and 14 teams this year, not having a balanced schedule, you know, as a coach, when you get beat by someone and you want to make adjustments and you're like, I just want to see them again. Like, that's just how I, I think, you know, I'm already mm. processing. I'm watching that film going, when we play them again, but then you have to say if we play them again. And that's like the frustrating part of it, because I think we didn't attack them well enough. I thought we made some defensive mistakes, but we played good enough defense to win on the road in that environment considering, you know, kind of the egg we laid in the second half against Kansas. I thought our, our, our players really came back and competed mm-hmm. at a high level and didn't quit on one another. And, you know, we, we missed some open shots, um, you know, but, but ultimately we have to do a better job of attacking. They played a zone, but they very much, you know, didn't guard Dre. They didn't guard Jada. They guarded Bella really hard. They guarded Sarah really hard. If you shoot over 40% from three, he was going to guard you really hard. If you shot under 40% from three, he was going to let you shoot. And every time we put him in two-on-one situations, I give his kids credit, they didn't make mistakes. You know, if we were trying to get a two-on-one split in the zone, um, they weren't going to leave Sarah, you know. And so, um, you know, they did a good job of sticking to their game plan, even when we had people making some shots that they were allowing to shoot. Well, in down the stretch, uh, Nikki, to your point, you know, I Dre, that was a tough game because she hit so many shots and did so many things well. But you're right; they were it, they were basically begging her to shoot out there. And so, with 157, I mean, crucial, crucial possession. Um, you know, she she shoots a uh, you know three that, that it's not really close. And then um, I did think, you know, Jada. You're, you're, you're looking, and I heard you after the game talking about poise and, and things like that. But, I mean, Jada then, 62-59, you kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, this is not – these last two or three minutes have not gone well for us. She hits a, a unbelievable jumper in the lane. And then and then the drive, they make a mistake and throw one away. And, and so, I mean, in a lot of ways, Jada, her driving, I would say, even on the play that she found Yaya in the corner – I mean, she turned the corner. I, I, I would just say, like, it, it, a lot of things to be frustrated about. I get that. But I, I will say Jada, like, in that final minute, made about three great plays for you. Yeah. And that, and that yeah. to me, that has yeah. to be encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, if Jada, if Jada makes a couple threes in that game, like, wide open, because she was one of the players that they didn't guard um, on yeah. the perimeter. Um, and she took a couple really wide open threes um, that, that she's more than capable of making, you know, and over her career, her percentages say she's going to make about 34 to 35% of her threes, you know, and maybe the, the three quarter court <laughs> three threw, threw off that because I really <laughs> thought one of those were going to go because I do think, um, you know, for anyone that, that like the one thing that I will never question about Jada that kid wants to win and she's very coachable and she competes at a high level and no one's practiced her last two practices here Monday and Tuesday have been her two best practices since she's been um, in a Baylor uniform. And quite frankly, two of the best practices that, that since I've been at Baylor, we've had any, any kid have, Um, you know, she wants to win. She wants to get better. She's frustrated that we lost. She's frustrated that she missed shots. Um, she's a winner and she's not perfect and she's 
there are certain things she does better than others. Um, but you know, her poise and toughness and, and really it's, it's, it's this fearlessness to take the big shot. Like she was that, that is special. Um, Mm -hmm. not every kid wanted that shot, you know, in that situation. And so for her to take the pull up, I thought it had a potential to be an and one, even looking at it on film, um, for her to, to drive it to her offhand and draw the foul and stick both free throws to put us up one um, says a lot about like just her fearlessness. She's not afraid to make a big play. She wasn't afraid to miss. Some kids are too afraid to miss to take those shots. And so um, I think she has a chance to really grow from those games because I see a different, a different energy in her uh, because she wants to be better and she wants the team to win. And so I, you're right. Like, I think there was, there's there's always takeaways in games um mm-hmm. win and loss it's just a matter of do they do they buy in you know do you get them to commit to like hey we were, probably weren't going to go undefeated but here's why we lost this one here's why we lost this one you know what are we going to do to get back like you know you get people's attention more after a loss than you do a win it's very easy no matter what you say as a coach no matter how you make them compete no matter how much you ask them to prepare and tell them the, the, the importance of the preparation and the preparation is why, you know, you, you win basketball games. Um, sometimes it takes, you know, a little adversity for, for people to really um, understand that. Like you don't just show up and win and you look at, I don't care. I know we talk about it on the men's side, how good the men's big 12 is, but the women's big 12 is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of teams going and losing on the road. And so, you know, our, our win at Texas um, was a huge win, you know, and for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't make us better than we are or worse than we are. You know, it just means that's a huge win to go on the road and win. You know, Texas mm-hmm. went on the road and lost at Kansas State. They're really, really good. Um, so, you know, Kansas hadn't been Kansas up to the point that we played them, and I thought we allowed them to get comfortable Um, And I think we allowed their physicality to bother us. And, you know, we didn't do a good enough job of attacking Jackson and and putting her on the bench. You know, we've controlled her through four games since I've been here. And we absolutely did not control her. But when the first play of the game, her first basket of the game, she catches the offensive rebounds out of bounds and then dribbles it in bounds and shoots a layup. Like that kind of was like, this is what what we're doing today. Um, Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes you need a little luck too, you know, like it's, it's, um, you know, there were clamps in that game. Like Kansas was fighting for their life and, and we allowed them, you know, to out physical, out tough, like, you know, in in that game. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of growing to do, um, you know, and, and I think we have a chance to, to get better, you know, and that's, that's what we want to do. All right. Uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show. Audie Crooks, I'm going to have nightmares, uh, and I know you'd like another shot at him, like you said. I, It's just, I mean, to think she's a freshman and just a such a physical presence, and it was interesting because, you know, I would look out there, just watching this game, I'd look up and think, I mean, when she's off the court, they're a completely different team. You know, they just like, yeah. look. everything looks different. And then she's on there. And it's just like, okay, they've morphed into a different team. And and you're right, Bill's kind of good at, like, getting her quick rest, right? Like a minute, minute and a half, yep. whatever, trying to maybe get a timeout, get her some rest, get her back in there. And it was like, 
it's like you're going against some kind of, you know, you're in some kind of huge fight or something. Because, I mean, she is. So, first of all, did was she like some kind of big recruit? Or was she somebody from Iowa, that small town Iowa, that just kind of like, I mean, because, I, I mean, it's just interesting that there's somebody kind of like that. She's 6'3". She's a huge physical presence. And she's impossible to move. And I again, like you said, may, some of it was how the game was officiated. But I'm, I'm thinking, did did you think about like doubling her at some point, or would that have put you in too much trouble with like their shooters? I I just didn't know yeah, what you yeah, could do I, against I her. Think, uh, you know, we're always hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah, like it, yeah. So I I think you know um, Tony I think made the decision, and and I I agreed with the decision that in my opinion her twenty three points wasn't what beat us. Because I think when, um, like, that that wasn't the difference. It was, to me, it was Bellinger's 15 points. You know, it was us allowing her to get threes off. Like, you know, it's, it's, we had the ability to control whether she got threes. None of her threes came as a result of screens, right? It, was, it wasn't, they didn't screen Bellinger to threes. Um, she had a rise three when we just, we, we got the ball watching at the end of the third quarter. Mm. Um, you know, the Jones kid hit a skip three early in the third quarter. We just weren't on our P's and Q's. Like to me, there are things that we had the ability to take away and other things. Um, and what you don't want to do is show a consistent double. And now you're allowing kids to beat you with wide open threes. And that's kind of the only thing some of those kids can do, you know? And so you would rather make them play two by two by two. Um, you know, now our, to me, if, if there was a thing I was most disappointed in us defensively was not the fouls when she turned into us and they, they called a foul um, and we walled up and did good things. My frustration were, were the fouls that put them in the bonus. Um, mm. the, she grabs a defensive rebound and we like jump up and smack at it. And, you know, like we just undisciplined, um, fouls 94 feet from the basket as mm. opposed to like hey she got it just get back um and so yes we did and in hindsight you know you think like okay here's a kid that shot 70 percent on low post catches when it comes to the last possession of the game should at that point we have scrambled and made them play to a 35 percent three-point shooter who might make one out of three versus her making you know <laughs> three out of four type of yeah. you know you can you can play the analytics there, but I think over the course of the game, you don't want to spend a lot of time doubling her because then I think you allow other people to be effective. And and so, you know, I, I think I would say um, our our biggest failure was to not make her move more at the defensive end. Now they they stayed in zone the whole time. She didn't have she stayed on the charge arc and. You know, but we did a really good job um, when we played TCU of moving and cutting in our zone and making Sedona uh, Prince a non-factor over. She still blocks some shots, but we we also put them in rotations where four people were consistently guarding five of us. You know, and I thought that's what we failed to do offensively. We got very stagnant. We didn't attack the paint. We didn't attack her. We didn't. You know, when someone isn't going to come out to guard you, you got to eat that space. Like LeBron James, the best probably ever in the game at like understanding people yeah. are going to play off him, and he has to eat up the space between, 
you know, where they're guarding him and where he catches the ball. And then once you get to them, now you can maneuver. You can you can open them up. You can spin off them. You can in and out by them. And I think we have more versatile players. And I thought we ran from her. Like, we ran from her size um, as opposed to attacking at her. Um, and so that's just – that that to me is when, you know, we had talked about it before the game. Um, we had talked about it in the practice before. But, you know, we, we weren't even allowed to get on Hilton between um, – we were there, we were in uh, Iowa, uh, we were in Des Moines and then got to Ames, you know, 48 hours before we played and we weren't able yeah. to get on the floor Thursday. We weren't able to get on the floor on Friday and with an early game, I'm not taking a 6 a.m. shoot around, you know, like it's just not, I'm not going to, I'm going to value the rest of our athletes over, you know, being in a shoot around situation. So, you know, we did not get on Hilton's floor and we were there, um, we arrived in Ames like Thursday morning and didn't play till Saturday. So, you know, I, I think we've got some scheduling issues in this league that we've got to sort through um, in these situations. Yeah, that's strange. I don't know. Yeah, that certainly you should. Oh, it you keeps happening, though. It keeps happening. Yeah. Happening. But, I mean, you're – you're, 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 it's, it's all yeah. the things. You know, we're all – you know, we, we've tried at Baylor to work really hard. You can't control a, a double header type of situation, but yeah. you can control, you know, we can control our acro and, and when they compete, we can control. And I, I think, I think we'd have to do a better job of as a league. And I, I say that across the board, this is not a um, Iowa state thing. Cause the same things happen to us when we go to play at Oklahoma state, they're telling us they have a wrestling meet and we can't get on the floor. And once again, we have an early game um, but I think we need to do a better job of, of, of creating separation between um, basketball and, and other events. Um, and so really just so that those teams can, I don't care if it's wrestling or acro or whatever, like they should be able to get on the floor as well um, the day before they play. So, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to talk about that to me in league meetings. Cause it's, we, we, Kansas is the only court. We didn't get on Texas's court. We didn't get on, um, Iowa State, and we won't get on Oklahoma State, so it's it's not it's not like it's a one school problem. Yeah, that is that is a strange deal that certainly needs to be addressed. Talking to Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. So to your point, um, Yaya gets the ball out in the corner, and she's obviously a great driver, and it was a really nice drive. It, should she have? I mean, I know it's easy. Again, we're we're looking back at this thing, and it's easy to do. Do you do you try to get into the body of Audie, knowing she's not certainly not going to leave the ground, or was she right to kind of go around her? I mean, again, it, it was a beautiful drive. It just she was aware that there was an enormous presence there, right, and and decided to try to avoid any contact with her. What did what did when you kind of broke down that that particular play? What did you what did you think about it? I think she should have shot the wide open three on the drift pass. I mean, I ah. think Yaya's a really good three point shooter, and um, you know, I thought she was open. I thought she drove in to help instead of. Um, I thought she was more open at the arc. I think when she drove it, she needed to drive to pass. At that point, congestion came. Um, you're not going to play through crooks. Um, Sarah was open on the opposite side. Um, and there was plenty of time at that point, um, you know, to, to make an additional pass. 
Um, but I, I love, um, I love her aggression. Like, I don't think in that moment, um, I think it's a kid trying to make a play and, um, you know, don't want to take that aggressiveness away from her. But I thought we did a good job creating that shot for her at the arc. The pass was slightly low, but she had plenty of time to gather and shoot it. Um, you know, and at this point, Yaya is a way more effective driver with the ball on her right hand than her left. Um, and, and because of the nature of that drive drift, um, when she did drive it, she couldn't drive it back to the right, um, to the baseline side. So the left drive to the middle was a good decision. It's just, you know, we've got to continue to do a good job coaching them up to play off too. Um, and, and when we, when we touch the paint, is it, is it get to balance on two? And then now I, now I rise up and shoot it. Is it get to balance off two? you know, kick it because they didn't leave Sarah a lot um, in that game, but they left her on that possession, you know, with, with the nature of that drive and trip and reattack, they were scrambling. You know, we had them scrambling defensively. And when you've got a team scrambling, a lot of times it's going to take one more, you know, it was drive, drift, reattack. Now it's kick, you know, but, um, appreciate her aggressiveness i just don't mm. she never got to balance and so it was a really really difficult shot um she's got the best body control of anyone on our team um when she, when she elevates and the ability to play through and around people um but i still think she saw her and and really didn't kind of didn't play into her you know just like uh, tried to avoid so yeah i just that, that was something that all game long i thought we could have attacked her but we had to get to balance and then play around her, bounce pass it around her. All right. And step her around her cut behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've showed a lot of film on the missed opportunities we had to cut behind her um, because of where she played and then how they played their forwards on us. So, um, so yeah, that would be my, two, my, my two cents. Take the open three, mm-hmm. you reattack, attack the kick. All right, and easy to say, right? Easy to say on film, you know. Oh yeah, full, kids going full speed in that moment, trying to make a play, and and uh, you know, once again, not any different than I said with Jada. Like I appreciate her, like not being afraid to take the shot because mm-hmm. she hadn't played a lot in the second half. So to come in and, and take that shot um, showed a little bit of what she's made of, which I love. When you look back and you kind of think about your rotation during a game, I mean, you know, it was kind of cool to see Danae in there. Obviously, I even watched Bill after the game with a long embrace with her. She hadn't played a ton for you, but, boy, you gave her some nice run. I think it was in the second quarter. Jana's out there. Um, Yaya gets in. I'm sure that frustrated you because she had a couple of turnovers. She did hit a big three. But, like, in the second half – you know, you don't. So you go deep in the bench in the first half. Second half, you don't. Um, yep. Is it just you get kind of locked in, or it's it's just hey, we cannot turn the ball over. This is possession by possession deal. What goes into that? Because and, and honestly, this is a selfish question. I'm like I think you've learned this about me. I'm like the biggest Yaya fan ever. So when I don't see her for a long period of time, I'm kind of thinking, why is she not out there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's obviously a lot sometimes that goes into rotation, you know, whether it's um, preparation, um, whether it's, 
um, the feel of the game, um, you know, but I, I think sometimes, you know, you, you operate not some of the time, the majority of the time you go into it. I can only speak for myself. I go into every game um, thinking about how deep I'm going to go, what my first substitution is going to be. And potentially that is still dictated by how is the flow. You know, like if, if a first group is flowing well together, mm. I'll let them play longer than maybe I normally would go to the bench for the first sub. You know, in this game, we picked up two fouls quickly. Everyone was in foul trouble. Part of the part of the, the early substitution pattern was Jada had two fouls, Sarah had two fouls, uh, Dre had two fouls, Asia had two fouls. So some of the deeper bench decisions that I made uh. – yeah. Um, were dictated by foul by foul trouble. Some of it dictated by, um, for instance, Jana. Um, when we played Iowa State in the past, Bill respects her ability to shoot the basketball. Um, even last year, when she didn't shoot the ball statistically well, she knew that she could shoot it. Like they had recruited her in high school, they recruited her out of the portal. There was like a natural respect for her ability to put the ball in the basket. So they guarded her harder than they did, for instance, last year with Jaden, who they didn't guard at all. Um, they guarded Jada a lot like they guarded Jaden um, a year ago. And so some of it was, you know, like just as a kid that is always going to play hard, I know what to expect, and they're going to guard her, which makes, you know, ball movement, yeah. player movement. That, you know, they're not going to play through her, right? There's two on one, and it's like there's Jana. They're going to slide by. I know they're going to guard her and give us the one more if we want it. And so um, they also started the game in their, you know, more of a junk defense. They were face guarding Sarah. Um, it wasn't until like midway through the first quarter that they went to their true kind of two three, but they still they still flexed it and, and match. And that's what they stayed with the rest of the game. So they started the game kind of in junk. And I think there are some players that deal better with that than others. Um, you know, I also think there are players that play better against zone on our team. Um, you know, and so it's like, you can't have, you're trying to not too, put too many people on the floor that they're not, they're, that they're going to be able to not guard. And then, so anyway, you always rethink it after the game. It's no different than a play call. You're, you're going back. You're like, okay, I could have done this here. I could have done that there. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of times things that, that happen on a team. You do, um, as, as open and honest as I am, and probably sometimes, Matt, way too honest with the media in terms of <laughs> how I think and feel and game plans and all of that, um, there are other things that, you know, you're like you, you – you do kind of keep in-house and you're, um, you know, and not saying anything, mm. not saying anything for anyone to read into that. You know, I yeah. just think that you do, uh, you know, kind of establish decisions based on a lot of different factors. But at the end of the day, it's feel, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. in the moment. It's you get into a close game and you are wavering, you know, and, and I don't, I've said this before. I don't know um, all the time if, if it's like um, at, at my core, the number of years I spent as a defensive coordinator, I will always in tight situations lean on the people that are the better defensive players, um, you know, that I don't, that are going to make the least number of mistakes. Yeah. 
on the defensive end of the floor because when you're not like when you get into a flow and it's going up and down and you're scoring and it's easy, that's one thing. But when you're in a, what you feel like possession by possession battle, you yeah. can't make defensive mistakes. And, and so I tend to lean into players that make better defensive decisions, sometimes than offensive decisions. Um, so that is also kind of a part of late game situations. Who's my, who's most apt to like, turn their head and leave a shooter, you know, and start ball watching. Like who's really dialed in and is going to feel a flare screen coming because you're going to get flared, you know, against Iowa State. You, you know, like it's it's some of it, some of its decisions based on that as well. Well, listen, I, I love these conversations, and uh, that was an epic game, uh, including the 75-foot shot. There were just so many things a part of that. So thank you and a busy, busy week uh, for spending the time with me, and then everybody needs to get out. Two huge games coming up Saturday. Uh, against UCF and then Kansas State coming in needs to be they need to be great crowds at the pavilion for that Nikki thank you for taking the time really appreciate it yeah yeah we are going to need everyone thanks for ending with that I think it's it is a huge home stand I think people need to understand like how valuable home court advantage is in winning a conference championship we just had TCU forfeit their next two games so Kansas State just got another win um you know, Iowa State just got another win. So you've got the two teams that are undefeated right now in our league that just got games forfeited, which also means, you know, ultimately, like, they also get the rest of winning the game without playing the game. Um, and so, you know, it's it's going to be a unique time as we unpack, like, what goes on in that situation with the injuries that TCU has suffered and how that, you know, we've already played them and we don't play them again. So, you know, it's kind of like an unprecedented thing, I think, in this league um, in terms of how we handle that going forward. So we need every advantage that we can get at this point, and that means big crowds and foster and, and support for this team and super grateful for the support we got that that opening homestand, mm-hmm. you know, with TCU and Houston and what a difference they made. And so just encourage people, if you haven't been out, come out for the first time, if, if you if you've been at both games, thank you. And, and we, we desperate, we desperately need you. We need to turn this thing back around and, and, you know, kind of start another new winning streak. I think it can happen. And, uh, and you're going to get on a roll here, especially at home. Uh, thank you, Nikki. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. There goes Nikki Collin on her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley show. And of course, next we've got the NFL blitz that's coming up next.